Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror films directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite people to have ever graced the planet, someone I am so excited that I'm going to get to see face-to-face very soon, (laughs) Ariel! Hi! (laughs) Hey, girl, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very tired. It's been a long week, but I'm doing good. Happy to be here talking about something silly. Yes, right? I mean, very serious. This is very serious (laughs) because we do around her. <laughs> oh, any any uh shenanigans in the neighborhood or have you been so locked down you haven't had a chance to Honestly, I've been interact. so busy and I haven't been home a lot. So, nothing weird has happened. Although, okay, on my walk today, I was walking All my right, dog. Here we go. <laughs> and this cat was doing that flirty thing where you know, they rub against things and purr and try to get you to come pet them. Yeah. So, I went to try to go pet this cat, but see my dog thinks it's a cat, I think. It, uh-huh. it wants to be friends with all the cats and hates other dogs. Okay. So it tried to befriend the cat. The cat did not like that. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no. So it got its hackles up and then started chasing us down the street. What? But <laughs> I'm so serious. <laughs> it started hissing and just like running at us. But I've got to send you a picture of this cat, Rachel, because it was wearing some sort of costume. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> What? <laughs> it had on this like weird kind of puffy collar that had a colorful bib attached what? to it. Yeah, that was just flapping around as it ran after me. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need to see this cat. You need to send me this picture, and I will put it in the show okay. notes. Okay. Uh, because I I I assume people at home are just dying to see this cat that <laughs> chased you and your dog down the street after flirting with you. <laughs> I thought I only thought to take a picture of it after it got pissed. So like the picture isn't great, but I will okay. send it to you. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I love you're like oh yeah no things have been really normal. I haven't really been out and about. Oh, also this cat in a bib chased me and my dog <laughs> down the street. <laughs> your life okay what is it wearing right it's weird isn't it what zoom in on it ghost of it has bells garcia is happening to this cat yeah it is kind of psychedelic isn't it okay so my question is christmas costume but i don't think it is is this cat is this an outfit or did the cat actually get its head stuck in this (laughs) I mean, that's a good question. It looked sort of deliberate. I couldn't tell what it... The part that's in the front looks like it's supposed to be on... Oh, wait. Oh, this is a live video, a live photo. Did you know that? No, I didn't. (laughs) So if you press down on it, you can see it move. What? (laughs) Oh, you're right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think, yeah, I think this thing has gotten turned around. I think it's that part is supposed to be on the back. Oh, on the back, and it's some sort of little jacket thing. Oh my god! For a cat, this <laughs> cat looks a little. This, this cat looks spicy. This is a spicy, <laughs> yeah, spicy cat. Yeah, it, it was looks, not afraid yeah. to hiss at us. <laughs> and I have a tiny dog. My dog is nine pounds of pure white fluff, so she's not defending me against anything. <laughs> oh my god! If you see this cat again, you need to get whatever this is off of the poor thing. <laughs> 
sneak up and take it off. <laughs> I just want to say that also, you don't text me ever since we're on Discord. So the last thing you texted me before this was the evidence of your fire, your your building being caught on fire by the man who lived in the walls. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I want to know what it's like to text with Ariel. It's just a series of, of tableaus of bizarreness from her neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep us posted on Catgate. Like, I will. I will. Either that, or that cat is is a familiar of a jester, like some jester witch is. <laughs> oh my familiar. god! You're right. <laughs> it's the bells. The bells. Yeah, it's, it's a not lot. Christmassy though, because it's super psychedelic looking. It's confusing. I don't know what these people were thinking. <sighs> Portland. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god all right cool so what plan for this episode we're going to be talking about the movie witch hunt directed by l callahan and i'm excited to hear what you think about this one for sure but before we get into it we need to let people know in case they are brand new around here what our spoiler policy is on this here podcast yeah, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the director and the production of the movie, and then Rachel and I are going to share our non-spoiler thoughts, kind of give you a general overview of whether this movie is worth checking out. And then after that, we're going to get into spoiler territory, and we'll talk about everything, all any twists, the ending, all of it's up for grabs. Yep, sounds good. All right, so on that note, why don't you tell me a little bit about the director and the making of this here movie? All right. So the name L. Callahan might be familiar to any of you who have been listening to us for the past couple years, because on episode five of More Deadly, we covered her first feature length that film. episode five? It sure was. I went back Holy and looked. Holy moly. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that long ago. No, it doesn't. I thought it would have been episode 25. Right? That's what I was guessing, episode too. And I just kept scrolling back. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So that movie that we reviewed was called Headcount. So I'm going to give you a little bit about the director, but if you're interested in more information about Headcount specifically, I would go back and listen to that episode if you didn't listen to it originally. All right. So Elle Callahan was born and raised in Westboro, Massachusetts. She said that growing up in New England around a lot of folklore heavily influenced her work. And you can uh, see that both yes. in Headcount and obviously in the movie Witch Hunt. Oh, yeah. Very much. <laughs> that that makes perfect sense that she would eat through Massachusetts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Somebody exactly. went on a lot of field trips. Right. <laughs> so she moved to California to study film and television production at USC. And prior to Headcount, she worked in the sound department on Ant-Man and Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, very cool. And she also worked as an editorial assistant on Wonder Woman and Krampus. Oh, nice. I love Krampus. Also, perfect timing for the holidays. Yes, very true. We had all this planned ahead of time for (laughs) this moment. Of course we did. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was her experience working with Mike Doherty on the set of Krampus that made her excited to work in horror because I guess he really loves scaring people and she was intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. It also helped to inspire her to co-write her first feature-length film, Headcount, which I just talked about, which she also did the, the sound editing for. And then the other thing is that she credits Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, for giving her the confidence to direct her own film and for showing her sort of the kind of director that she wanted to be. Ooh, so I love she, that. Yeah. So she said in this interview with Collider, quote, I had never looked up to a director more because she was so calm and cool and collected. And she just spoke very softly, but carried a big stick. 
that kind of <laughs> metaphor, <laughs> it just really rings true. In the past, I had seen other directors that were just always yelling and always throwing things around, and it was just not a fun environment. But she just made everything so enjoyable and calm and collaborative, and that's really the energy I wanted to bring to my set. I mean, that's what you call a twofer, right? You know, right. like that's super cool to hear about how she approaches directing, but also to hear her lifting up and talking about another woman director like I that, know. which is, and I love Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movies. So that is super, super cool to hear. Yeah, it's awesome. So after Headcount, she wrote and directed the movie we're going to be talking about today, Witch Hunt. And she said that she's always been interested in learning about witchcraft. And in fact, when she was a teenager, she even wrote a research paper about the topic. But apparently it did not go over well because she was in Catholic school. (laughs) As someone that wrote really gruesome and graphic short Uh stories at my private school, (laughs) I can confirm that's not a popular move. It will not endear you to your teachers who are already (laughs) sus. <laughs> yes. Prior to writing the script for Witch Hunt, she read a book about the history of witches and was fascinated by the idea that there were actual real witch hunters during the witch trials and that it was just a sort of normal job you could have and that these guys would go from town to town flushing mm. out witches and then obviously murdering them. Mm-hmm. So in an interview with Script Magazine, she said that, quote, the primary victims were women who were just not considered to be living within the confines of patriarchal society. Whether they had money, didn't marry, or were sneaking out at night to meet a lover, they could be accused of witchcraft. So I thought, why don't we modernize this? What would it look like if we dropped this fad into today's society? Mm-hmm. So she had really big dreams when it came to witch hunt, but of course was limited a lot by the indie budget. Of course. She had big dreams of doing a lot of practical effects, but one, Mm. she didn't really have the budget or the time to do that because of the budget constraints. And then two, she really wanted to keep her cast and crew safe, which I think is a you know a great thing yeah so (laughs) she said that she wanted to be able to use guns and fire and have a scene where people were being drowned and people were falling off a building and so that doing all of that in a safe and controlled way was sort of her biggest challenge with this film because she really prefers the look of practical effects but she ended up unfortunately having to use a lot of digital stuff Mm -hmm. for the stunts yeah Yep, I did. There is there's there, there's yeah. quite a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. So she actually wrote this script three years ago. So mm-hmm. keep in mind that three years ago, Donald Trump was still president. Yeah. And she in interviews sort of alluded to the fact that shit was hard and has been hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, her politics, at least in terms of the narrative, this story are there's not a lot of ambiguity. No, none. <laughs> Which, to be honest, one of my issues in a, with the movie we were talking about before the show, The Calmness, is I feel like right. some of that is muddy. And mm-hmm. I mean, sure. though life is complicated, it's not always the – sometimes you just you just want a clear kind of message. And I appreciate right. that. A little mm-hmm. more straightforward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she really, with this film, wanted people to see how the film mirrors what's actually happening in the real world. And she said that writing the script felt really cathartic for her because of that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. So in this script's interview that I mentioned earlier, she said, quote, obviously magic is allegedly not real. 
But I think the struggles that the women go through in this movie are, to me, the biggest struggles we're dealing with on a daily basis. And it's something that we've been dealing with for years and years and years. You can see the magic as a metaphor for just women holding any type of power, whether that be education, money, or influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> <laughs> so Witch Hunt premiered at South by Southwest in 2021, and then it had a limited release in theaters and was released on VOD on October 1st of this year. So as for what she's up to now, she talked about in a couple interviews that she had found it really difficult to write within the horror genre during the pandemic because everything right. was sort of so dark and horrible. I, I get that. I totally get it. I get it. There are certain things that I definitely avoid watching or right. doing right now because I'm just like, life is too fucking hard, man. It's I'm yeah. living the horror show. Right. Yes, exactly. I can totally relate to that. But she said that recently she's actually been gravitating towards slashers and monster movies. That's an interesting trend. Something that I think we're going to need mm -hmm. to talk about at the end of this year is the I way that so women – our directors have really embraced the slasher genre this year. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So she said that she wants to do something more upbeat. So she's currently working on a script about, quote, a really fun monster. All <laughs> That's right. the most information I could get <laughs> about what this script is. So I don't know when it'll come out. She's still actually working on the script. It's not finished yet, but we will keep you posted. Hopefully she'll come out with something really cool. Yeah. I mean, if we've learned anything from Headcount, it's that she has a very, she's not afraid to make a very cool and unique monster. Right. Exactly. This is definitely her wheelhouse. So yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what that is. And it's so funny because now we're, we're doing that thing where we're reviewing the movie that we talked about. Like, I oh, know. It's next so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I look forward to when we get to experience this again and the, whatever monster movie this is comes out, we'll be like, do you remember when we were like, all it was was a fun monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, Witch Hunt. This was one that I have been curious about ever since we heard about it. And I've been really looking forward to it. And to be honest, I really enjoyed it. To me, this felt a little bit like a really solid episode of Into the Dark. Oh, that's actually a really good point. Right? Yeah. Like yes. something where there are budget constraints, but there's also a director who is confident and it can deliver on a really good story. Mm -hmm. Something very self-contained, something that with maybe some sort of political message. All of the best episodes of that show, to me, fit into this. And this aesthetically kind of feels like a yeah, little bit like one of those. And that. I mean that mm -hmm. as a good thing because I really enjoyed that series. And I'm, I don't know that they've canceled it, but I haven't heard anything about it. And I'll be very sad if it's gone. I wouldn't say that this movie is especially subtle in its metaphor. <laughs> you think? <laughs> no, but I do actually really appreciate the way that it married our current state of fascism with historical fascism. Yeah. And there's a lot of attention to detail in this that I, that I think is really great. Like I was joking about how, like, clearly she's someone that went to Salem a lot as a kid on field trips. Because I think there's a lot of really fun historical detail in here, but the way that it's kind of twisted and put through a modern lens is really cool. And I think we can get more into specifics when we get into the spoiler territory. Yeah. But there's this like a series of tests that take place in this that are really interesting. Overall, I just think, yeah, I think it what it does is it kind of it takes this idea of that could never happen now. These people were so antiquated and modernizes it in a way that you're like, ooh, we mm, really have maybe familiar. not evolved yeah. so much as a people <laughs> right. as we would like to think. 
think we have because you could easily slot you know a witch finder general in for ice you know? yep. so so yeah i think the performances are strong i think the direction is strong obviously i'm not a huge fan of cgi so some of that stuff wasn't my favorite however i totally understand budget constraints and i think ultimately this movie is really about the story and the metaphors and where i think those things are successful so overall i would i would definitely say that this is worth a watch for sure yeah i agree with that i do think it's worth a watch i think that i ultimately enjoyed her first movie more than this one i agree i agree i think that the horror creepy element of that was so successful Mm -hmm. and i think the actual horror elements of this movie are slightly less successful but what does really work are the things that you were talking about it has a compelling plot the two main girls the Mm -hmm. young women claire and fiona are likable and i think their friendship is interesting and felt really genuine. And so that mm-hmm. adds something to it. And like you were saying, the socio-political message, I think that while there's not a lot of subtlety to it, it does work pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You get the message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think it has to be subtle. You know, I don't think that no. you don't get points for subtlety. I'm just, I'm just letting you know it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that this one is definitely worth giving a try because even though I don't think this is a super revolutionary movie and I did, again, think her other one was a little bit better, I think this one is pretty enjoyable. If you need a movie to watch some afternoon, this is a good option, you know? I agree. I absolutely agree. All right, awesome. So there you have it now you know how how you want to proceed i assume if this sound if the if the concept and what we've said about it sounds interesting it's definitely worth seeking out renting it on video on demand if you're spoiler adverse this is your chance to escape i'm gonna do the synopsis next where i will spoil things so this is me giving you time to exit <laughs> i feel like you've had enough time if you are still here brace for spoilers All right, let me give you the synopsis of this movie. Witch Hunt is set in a present-day America, but in a version where not only is witchcraft real, but very illegal and punishable by death by burning at the stake. Yes. (laughs) Ooh, and I have to say, of all the effects in this, the burning legs... Yes, agreed. Ooh, I was that like, was the most effective effect in the whole thing, I think. <laughs> is, if we're going to see seeing a lot of this, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. It was gross, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Claire is our main character, and she is a teenager living in Southern California near the border. Her mother is part of an underground railroad that is helping to smuggle witches across the Mexican border where it's still legal and safe to be a witch. But you can only cross for it as a refugee if you are a witch. When one of those crossings goes wrong, Claire and her family end up essentially with these two young girls. One of them is a teenager about Claire's age, and then one of them is like a little kid about uh, the age of her little brothers. And they have no way to get across the border, so they're just kind of stuck waiting to see what's going to happen. And in the process, Claire starts developing a friendship with the eldest sister. One night they go out for drinks and they arouse suspicion. It was a terrible idea. Who's doing witchcraft in public? This is my (laughs) one sort of frustrating scene when we get into it. Mm -hmm. So they arouse suspicion of a local witch hunter, which I knew right away was a bad guy because he's the freaking ice truck killer. So he starts coming around and... At first, you know, they're able to kind of put him off, but eventually he realizes there's a witch in the house. 
during that sort of ensuing final battle to save the two sisters that are hiding in the wall and Frank style, Claire makes a, a discovery about herself and is forced to flee to Mexico along with the sisters. And that that's it. That's the movie. Yeah. So I went first last time. Guess what that means? <laughs> <laughs> You're up. What did you think of this movie in a spoilery fold way? Did you say spoilery full? Yes. <laughs> I think I might have said spoilery fold. <laughs> but I meant spoilery Even better. <laughs> it's really not, though. <laughs> I've had a cup of tea. I should be more awake. I have this amazing tea that Matilda, a uh, co-host uh-huh. on Zombie Girls, got me. She did this whole Trader Joe's care package for me because she's a sweetheart no other reason that full of all kinds of christmasy things and one of the things she got was this christmas black tea that's cinnamon and ginger it tastes just like a big it tastes just like big red gum (gasps) oh if you like big red gum you need to try this i'll I'll send you the tea it's amazing i didn't want to go full coffee so i was like well i'll just have a tea that'll wake me up I don't know how if it's working. <laughs> it's delicious, <laughs> but I don't know if it's waking my brain up. If I'm saying spoilery fold. <laughs> Not even filled. Fold. Oh, I mean, you were close. Some of the same letters were there. <laughs> Man, you are being very generous tonight. <laughs> All right. In a spoilery way, feel free to let the spoilers flow. What did you think okay. of this movie? So you kind of uh, mentioned this a little bit in our non-spoiler talk, but I really enjoyed all of the plot elements that surrounded the idea of witchcraft in here, especially all of the tests. I think that prick test. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The prick test and the way that they were searching for the witch's mark and like going through and measuring every girl at the school. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Every mole on their body. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the fact that it's done at school where you're pulled out, like it's a lice check or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. I I thought that was great. It's that marriage of the historical. Yeah. That was a real thing that they did was check for the moles and do the poke test. But they, they made it feel like, yeah, like you're getting a hearing test or something at school. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The sink test, too, I thought was really great. I mean, not the fact that a girl dies, but just (laughs) the tension it builds in the movie, I guess. And then I also liked the the part that I thought was the most tense in the movie for me was the scene at the movie theater where there's this girl in line who's trying to get a ticket and she's on some kind of witch list. So she's not allowed into the movie theater. And then Claire... She's having trouble with her asthma and is inadvertently using magic and cracks the glass, you know, and then Mm -hmm. everybody's like looking at this young girl like she's a witch. Oh, my God. She was lying when she said she wasn't a witch and she has to run off. So I think the moments like that were really successful for me. I also think that Claire as a character is pretty great. So I think one of the flaws of the movie is that we don't get a ton of characterization for anybody, but I appreciated the fact that Claire has some nice character development here where she starts out as this sort of sullen teenager who's acting like a brat and who is falling in line with these popular girls and their, you know, horrible prejudice ideas about witchcraft. But then over time she starts to become a friend and then an ally to Fiona, the witch. So you know, I, I enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. I also thought that the witch hunter guy was very creepy. Yeah. You watched Dexter, right? 
No? Only the first season. Well, he's the ice truck killer in the first season. Oh, God. I don't remember that. I watched the first season when it was first on oh, TV. My <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, don't trust him. Um, <laughs> I was wondering what you meant in the synopsis. I was like, I'll have to ask Rachel later who that ice truck killer is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you only ever watched the first season. The first four seasons of that are excellent. Yeah. After that, no, 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 you're just going to, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you it has kind of an ending so you could just stop at the end of four and be fine and okay. just call it complete i haven't watched the newest season yet but but yeah <laughs> anyway sorry i know i'm derailing with dexter talk i don't even know what i'm doing at this point maybe this is kicking in i don't know this this caffeine yeah maybe <laughs> and i just spilled it all over me oh rachel yeah. <laughs> not having a good one it's been tonight. quite a night <laughs> it's been quite a week <laughs> it really has oh, God. <sighs> all right sorry <laughs> so i think that some of the best and most tense moments are like i said the ones where the witches are sort of threatened with outing themselves in any kind of way as well as the witch hunter guy himself there's something about his aura mm-hmm. <laughs> that is just super creepy and I really liked his little watch thing, the pocket watch that yes. he uses to measure pressure, mm-hmm. which tells him whether there's a witch nearby or not. I thought that was a really cool touch. And him talking about how he's from a long line of witch hunters that used to be able to feel that pressure change with their ears, mm-hmm. like their inner ear could sense it. So I think some of that world building stuff yeah. was really cool. That's to me the strongest thing in this movie is it's world building. Yeah, I think it's definitely. really, really cool. I would actually love to see more set in this world. Yes. I would like a Purge-style franchise built out of this world. Oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So I also think as a writer and director, it was very smart to use sort of our, I don't know, collective knowledge about slavery and the Underground Railroad, apartheid, our abhorrent treatment of immigrants to sort of give you this instant understanding of what's happening, you yeah. know, where it's yeah, not, there's a total short there's not a lot there. of ex- Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of exposition. You just know what's going on. So I think that that was really smart. I do have a con about that that we'll get into, but I think that the way that that kind of very quickly got you into the headspace of where these people are at and why they're doing what they're doing was really smart. Yeah, Absolutely. I think the casting in this is also one of its strong suits. Mm -hmm. I think Elizabeth Mitchell is an actress that I always love and everything that she's in. And she kind of has that sort of quiet strength and also natural warmth that allows her to really feel like a brave and nurturing person. That, yeah. Which is kind of what this character takes, right? That she is doing this very loving and also very scary thing for other people. So I think the casting is really great there. And and I also love Gideon Adlin is the is Claire. She's the main character in this. And I have loved her ever since I saw Blockers. Have you seen Blockers? I haven't. No. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. And she's really great in it. And I if she was also in um, I don't know if you remember, she was also in the craft remake. Or sequel? Oh, that's right. That's why yeah. she looked familiar. Yep. Yeah. And I just, I really, really love her. And I'm waiting for her to get her breakout role. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can really feel her gift, her talent in this, in this role. And I, and I think you're right, though, that there isn't, there's a little bit of character development in this, but I kind of wish we could have gone even further with it. Yeah. We got little bits and pieces with, we get the reveal of who these sort of witches are that are appearing to her. At the end, that they're her ancestors or whatever, right? They never leave you, blah blah blah. But I, I kind of wish we could have spent more time in that place because I actually think that sort of 
with the mother being such a strong character and her being a really strong character, this line of matriarchy would have been so interesting. And I, I, I understand why we couldn't get more of it, but I also felt myself wishing I could have yeah, more too. of it. Like mm-hmm. I loved how a lot of this, there's an addition to kind of the discussion of the way that we treat immigrants and sort of the fascism. There's a lot of like gender stuff. It's a little, it is actually a little more subtle. And there's moments where they talk about, oh, we got a long recess today because the girls all had to go get their, their prick tests or poke. Right. Yeah. There's like a certain level of intersectionality to it. And I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really loved all how like female this story was. So I thought the gender stuff was really clever the way that they weaved that into this. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What do you think about the whole Thelma and Louise through line in this? Okay. I think we should talk about that definitely because I don't think it totally worked for me. Okay. I think because Thelma and Louise are such close friends mm-hmm. and have such a strong bond that their ending makes more sense than it did here. I mean, look, the Thelma and Louise kind of ending of it was sort of fun, right? Yeah. But I don't know that they had earned that ending yet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how well it works in the context of a horror movie, too. Right. Because it was sort of silly, you know? I mean, I wonder if it speaks to how she was talking about how in the pandemic she just can't go with these dark places. That I she mean, wanted sure. to kind of introduce some levity. I don't know why I said it like that. Levity. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I do... I guess maybe it does tie back to this sisterhood solidarity, you know, right. which is, seems to also kind of be a through line in the movie. So I think on that level it works. But I also think there is an expectation that you will know that sort of pop culture reference. Right. And I, I guess I know it, but I'm a, a, a person of a certain age. And I wonder, is that does it still have the same sort of pop culture cachet? now right because on the one hand it feels like this movie is sort of trying to target that teen ya age range so would they understand that reference yeah yeah i don't don't know know. that's a good question also i totally felt like you know like when you're a kid you're playing with your barbies and you try to make them kiss i was like (laughs) when they were laying in bed together (laughs) yeah but that might just be me (laughs) no no no. i felt that same way they were so close right you know yeah <laughs> which i like i said that's probably tells you more about me than it does about the movie <laughs> well, trying to make everybody kiss in the movies what are you gonna do um yeah so i think overall i think this movie like i said it, it i think it's strong i think it's worth checking out i think it is an interesting part of what i hope to be a very long and storied career uh that l callahan has i want to see what she does next i'm really curious because now we've got two sort of points of data i want to see the third movie because i think the third movie tells you everything right because you have three yeah. movies to work from who is this person and what is their voice and i feel like right. i have i'm starting it's the picture's coming together for me but it's not quite there yet and i'm so 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 excited to see what she does next yeah me too me too yeah i mean it's an entertaining movie and while i don't think it's stellar i thought it was really solid and an enjoyable, like, diverting watch. So I would totally love to see what else she does, especially because of how much I loved Headcount. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have any, I know we talked a little bit about some things that didn't work for us, but is there anything you wanted to touch on that didn't work for you that we haven't already discussed? We talked about the special effects. I think that they were pretty lackluster in a lot of ways. 
And obviously that's a budget thing. And I really like the idea you were talking about, about how all these witches are connected. And I think even Fiona said something about how even after they die, they're still connected to you. Yeah. And that that's why these ghosts are helping these young girls. But I think that those horror elements with the sort of ghosts reaching out and stuff, I think they were fairly predictable. And I don't think she built up the tension with them in a way that made them scary. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Headcount, I can still picture that scene where they're playing the Never Have I Ever game. Oh, my God. And how fucking chilling that was. (laughs) And it's also such a simple effect, right? It's just him sliding out of frame. But I'll never forget the look on his face as he just slowly slipped out of frame. (laughs) It is so creepy. It's so incredibly (laughs) effective. And I guess maybe there isn't that moment in this movie you know and there isn't yeah, the like I just... moment of realization with all the number of things all around them right. the whole time. like that kind of stuff i wish there was a little bit more of that kind of thing seated in but that's a personal taste thing as opposed to a, a critique of the actual movie yeah i mean that is a personal taste thing but i do think that this movie kind of fails to build tension to make mm-hmm. any of those moments really scary yeah I think even the scenes that I really enjoyed with the witch hunter and stuff, I I still think that there wasn't a ton of tension built up Mm -hmm. where you're just sort of on your edge of your seat for these characters, you know? Yeah. And I know that she can do that. So I wish there had been more of that in this movie. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. Can we talk about the bar scene? (laughs) So I totally buy the idea that teenagers would sneak out to go to a bar. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I 100% think that even these young women who are going through something pretty traumatic and are trying to hide would even do that. I buy that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What I do not buy, what I call shenanigans on, (laughs) is Uh the fact that they would use magic in public in front of a full bar. Right. That's when they're hiding from a witch hunter, actively hiding when they know something's up because the guy who's transporting them has gone missing. And when Fiona has literally lived her entire life in hiding because of her powers, it makes zero sense. What I think would have actually worked better in that scene and is such, I feel like kind of a simple fix is that they're forced to use their powers for some reason. Yeah. Or it happens in an uncontrollable way. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're out there being teenagers, being fucking stupid. And then, they're either forced by situation to defend themselves using their powers or Claire, who doesn't really understand that she has powers even yet, she only kind of does, has to, you know, accidentally uses them. Yeah. That would have made so much more sense because I just, yeah, then I just having don't buy it. the drink flowing around their heads yes, very visibly outside the booth. And then when you see, when <laughs> it pulls back, it's a cool visual effect. I will say this that moment, it, aside That's from the true. logic of it, looks pretty good the cgi looks good there and then the bar stool thing i think is genuinely creepy when they look around and everyone in the bar is looking at them very like silent invasion of the body snatcher style Mm -hmm. that is great the the logic doesn't hold but the scene itself is effective but you're right once you see that unfortunately it has the result of you being like Oh, they weren't even alone in the bar. There's so many people. They weren't in a place that was tucked away where no one could see them. They were totally visible. And that that is a little bit hard to swallow. But the barstool thing was cool. (laughs) I totally agree. The the barstool thing was cool. It just – it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And then the last thing I will say is that 
Well, I do think it was smart to use our understanding of the Underground Railroad and stuff to make this film and to have you quickly get everything. I do think there's maybe something a little weird about using some of the sort of symbolism that we know, uh, even use, even using, for instance, a constellation to point you to freedom mm-hmm. when basically all of the characters are white women. Hmm. I did think it was kind of interesting that the two people that were kind of running the Underground Railroad were people of color. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But, okay, so wh- wh- okay, so the constellation and everybody being white, explain, I, I don't, I, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the idea that the Big Dipper, the Big Dipper like, points your way home, points your way to freedom. Oh, right? is that Within from the Underground, the Railroad? underground Railroad? I did not yes. know that. That's what I was yes. missing. Okay. That okay. makes more sense. I was like, like, okay, I, I knew I was missing something. <laughs> I was like, I'm not making this connection. No, but now that I know that, yes, I see what you're saying. But you can also understand if it's being set up by, you know, like that. I don't know if that mitigates or not. But you're right. That is, that is kind of weird that they would use. I think using the idea of an underground railroad is fine because that is something that is we as Americans, that's our sort of, you know, our cultural history is or reference yeah. point right uh, but it pre-existed like you know because there's obviously allusions to Anne Frank and I'm sure has throughout history people have helped people escape these kinds of things that have been like conscientious objectors or whatever but yeah that that seems like maybe it's a detail that makes I don't know I don't little... have the I... yeah I don't have the idea fully fleshed out but it just it read a little bit off to me that's all yeah it's not like a huge con but what do you think about Anyways. the fact that the physical sort of identifier of potential witchcraft is red hair which is exclusively of like very white people largely well i don't know if that's exclusively but largely associated with with white people i mean i I get the idea that you're trying to flip it on its head right where it becomes not i I get what she's trying to do here but i i wondered about that that like right just because i think you're using sort of the backdrop of things that have basically solely affected people of color Mm -hmm. Here, you're using it just for white people, basically. I mean, does it yeah. fall into that know. idea of dystopia is just once, like, things that have always happened to people of color happen to yes. white people? Like, is there a little that's bit it. of that? You just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yes. That's why it feels a little weird mm-hmm. to me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 100%. That being said, I did like the movie. <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> I did like the movie. Yeah. But I do think that there's No, I think we're allowed to, to unpack something there. that we like, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So overall, would you recommend? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would just set your expectations that this isn't going to be like the number one, your favorite movie of the year. But I think that this is a very solid movie and it's enjoyable. There's some interesting ideas here. And for me, the parts about the witchcraft testing and Mm -hmm. the young girl's friendship was the most enjoyable part and made it worth the watch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. I think this is definitely worth a watch. I think if you have any interest in witchcraft or political horror, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff here to unpack. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend I it, it's probably not gonna be my number one of the year, but only other one other movie. Is, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> but I do think also, I think yeah. this movie got pretty mixed reviews. And I feel like those reviews were overly harsh. I actually think it's a much mm, better movie okay. than the reviews would lead you to believe if you looked at it and you're like gotcha. oh, those reviews are mixed i don't know that it's worth my time i disagree i actually do think it's worth your time and you should give it a shot 
All right. Okay. So what does that leave us? Wrap it up. Okay, cool. We don't have any listener mail this week, but you're always welcome to drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcasts, plural. Feel free to slide into them DMs or whatever. Like... <laughs> follow all that stuff and if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever it is that you are getting your pods if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight and you've already watched witch hunt then check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on, on streaming and on video on demand and if you're looking for that last minute Christmas gift, check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. Lots of cool t-shirts and whatnot you can pick up there. And finally, if you love us and you want to support us, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon where you get extended episodes on every show across the network, including this one, where we're going to be doing uh, probably some witchy stuff. I don't know exactly yet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and the other really cool thing for patrons is we... This Thursday, the 23rd, we are going to be doing our first ever Patreon-only live show. Yep, that's right. If you want to see us do this live... <laughs> you are going to get a chance to do that over on the Patreon. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking spooky Christmas stuff. We have some special guests lined up to pop in and join us. We're going to be getting pretty drunk. Um, it should be a <laughs> lot of fun. More details on that, but join the Patreon to watch it and uh, you'll get to participate live. All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. It's a me pick. And I'm picking a movie It's just that has been on our radar for a while. In fact, it was even suggested to us by one of our previous guests, Elizabeth Kyle, from Bloody Good Horror and Plug It Up. And uh, that is the movie The Midnight Swim, directed by Sarah Adina Smith. And it's actually getting a re-release coming up soon. So it should be, it, it may already oh, be available okay. on VOD, but I think they're doing like a special edition of it. So we're going to be covering that. Nice. So definitely check that out. So here is the synopsis from IMDb. It's kind of like Target. <laughs> IMDb. Um, Dubois. IMDb. Dubois. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> All right. Spirit Lake is unusually deep. No diver has ever managed to find the bottom though many have tried. When Dr. Amelia Brooks disappears during a deep water dive, her three daughters travel home to settle her affairs. They find themselves unable to let go of their mother and become drawn into the mysteries of the lake. Ooh, that sounds good. Sounds real good. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board. All right. Awesome. Everybody check out Midnight Swim, and we will talk about that in a couple of weeks. So with that, we are done. Ariel, unless people are sticking around <laughs> for the extended episode, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We really appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed our review of Witch Hunt and be back here next time for Midnight Swim. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. So we're doing this a little on the fly, but we realized this is our last <laughs> episode of 2021 for More Deadly. So 
at the halfway mark, we decided, or we did a, so this year so far, uh, we talked about things that we had seen that we really liked, things we were looking forward to, things that let us down, etc. So we thought now that the year has come to a close, that we would do the same thing again, only this time we would take a look at the second half of the year and the year overall and uh, look forward to what we're excited about next year. And then, because this is a witch episode, so you know we got to get witchy with it, I am going to give you a little quiz to find out your survival potential. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it at the end. Okay. Oh, okay. So, first things first. Uh, Do you want to do our list? Do you want to talk about overall trends? What do you think? No, however you want to do it. Well, if you're going to put me in charge, here we go. So, obviously, (laughs) the thing we focus most about on the show is women-directed horror. And this year has been wild when it comes to how many directors are directed by women. It has been chock-a-block full. uh, For Bloody Good Horror, we put together our lists uh, for our top ten movies of the year. And I I still have some movies to watch. So, probably when we get to the Zombie Girls uh, year in review, some of these these movies are going to change. But I realized in my list that I sent to them... Eight, eight of my ten movies were yep. either woman or woman co-directed. Which yeah, <laughs> I remember, it's crazy. Like, the first few years we did this, it was zero women, and then one time we were like, "Yes, we got a woman mm-hmm. on the list." And now the vast majority of the horror movies that I loved this year were woman directed. Yeah, absolutely. I think my top five or something when. For my top 10 are yeah, all women directed. That's exciting. Like we, I know we talk about like feeling like a sea change is happening, but there's something about seeing that on paper that I was like, oh, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's equitable, but it is changing. <laughs> it is changing. And I do think that the pandemic maybe helped that mm-hmm. along a little bit too, where some of these smaller art house movies really got pushed to the forefront because there weren't as many right. big blockbusters. And I think that was true last year. And I think or it was they're really just like holding them and waiting to see if the pandemic's going to lift, right? Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, we got two kind of big blockbuster style mm-hmm. women directed ones with Candyman mm-hmm. and Fear Street, which is yes, super exciting. I agree. It's, I mean, I hope that this is something that, I hope this isn't like a, uh, what's that No Crying in Baseball movie? um a league of their own yes remember how like a league of their own like in during war times they had this woman's league and they came oh, out and they like yeah. got really popular but then when the boys came home right they like, got the shuttled back dissolved. into the yes. kitchen yeah. i'm hoping we're not going to get like the covid oh my god that would be the worst <laughs> no, right because now happen. we know that they're out there you know yeah. what i mean they're making these inroads and they're making really great movies so you cannot put them down to the minor leagues again they right. have Ruven, they belong in the major. <laughs> so I don't know. This is just my cynical ass talking. <laughs> so with that in mind, I wanted to know, let, let's break down our top five women directed horror films for 2021. Okay. And granted, we have not watched everything yet. And this is a snapshot Yes. Of how we're feeling in this moment tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Rachel and I both suffer from the same disease Ooh. where you just can't make up your mind about some shit. So. I have analysis paralysis itis. Yeah. That is what I suffer with. A chronic analysis paralysis yeah. itis. <laughs> and every single year you and I get to this point in the last few weeks of the year where we're trying to watch a handful of movies that we have left and trying to whittle down a list of like 15 great movies to 10 and what goes at the number one spot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of back and forth. (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the the dither was strong in me this uh-huh. week <laughs> so i this time i'm just gonna like go with it okay. it's not it doesn't mean anything except that it's a conversation we're having like there's yeah, no stakes. in this moment this is sort of how so you feel i can be wrong i can change my mind okay. it's okay it doesn't <laughs> ultimately matter <laughs> so let's start with your number five spot what was your number five favorite woman directed horror film this year okay so <laughs> This is so hard. <laughs> I know. Just do it. <laughs> Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. 